0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Svelte Radio. First one of the year. Not a lot happened over the holidays, but we're going to go through the new stuff anyway. But first, some introductions. I'm Kevin. I run a site called Svelte School, where I teach people about Svelte. And I'm involved in the community side of, of
1: Svelte as well. Yeah. I'm Sean. I work at AWS on AWS Amplify. And yeah, we, we actually unfixed... <laughs> unbroke the Svelte Society website recently so I'm, I'm proud of that even though I, I didn't really do much there so shout out to Silentworks who actually figured out the rotify issue that we had
2: <laughs> nice I'm Anthony I'm the CTO of a company called Bianc, which is a travel and tourism startup in the UK I'm also a Svelte core maintainer
0: cool so, what have you guys been doing over the holidays?
1: Oh yeah, so we figured we will start off with like some updates, right? So yep. I think we some of us got ourselves like Christmas presents. Something I realized actually in catching up with my team at AWS is that everyone bought games. Like the games industry must be huge right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. this is not this is not a surprise, but like really, because there's nothing else to buy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if if you, you say, say games. games do you mean like board games or do you mean like computer games? Mostly, mostly computer games, but also board games. I think I think people went for computer games first, and then we realized that we like the digital stimulation or whatever. It's it's sure. easier to set up computer games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen the like the
0: Cyberpunk game? The what? Cyberpunk. Yeah, what? So, oh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven looks amazing, I'm but actually, also very buggy.
1: <laughs> I was actually eyeing Stadia. The bugs are the fun part, right? Like you could record. So one of right. the top posts on Reddit <laughs> the past week was showing off like the, the amazing detail of the shadowing of Cyberpunk and how it like, even when you hold the rifle, the shadows fall on the rifle and you can, you can move around. And then the guy kept on walking backwards and the shadow came from a car that was being suspended in the air. Um, (laughs) because the graphics were like screwed up (laughs) but they're like but the shadows are great
2: (laughs) so so i mean this is the bit i don't understand because what makes a game appealing in my mind the game's appealing game's appeal is in its gameplay and how explorable it is and things like that i don't know much about games i mean i'm a linux user right i don't really have many games i can install maybe maybe tux racer i don't know but um, <laughs> I guess the point is, for me, like I love bugs in games. I think, they're, I think they're brilliant. They make it much more interesting. But I'm not really a gamer. It looks like Cyberpunk looks amazing. I've seen someone stream it on Twitch. It looks incredible to look at. But honestly, from, from the brief bit that I looked at it for, the, the game looks like GTA, which is fine in my books because GTA is the one game that I do occasionally play. The graphics look amazing, but the the thing for me is I've heard that the AI is just not really there. Like Characters don't even have the basic AI you find in games. They just kind of wander around aimlessly into traffic. Like For me, that takes away a lot of what makes GTA appealing in in that there's a sense of realism. If I want to just drive around and follow the road rules and interact with people, then I can do that. And if the AI is not working, then that's gone so it may be a personal thing but i feel like they're missing a big trick by not having that sort of stuff ready and it's not it's it's prior art it's been done a million times all right so where why can't it just be working right
1: right the the uh, armchair observer's answer is that they they rushed it sure (laughs) yeah sure (laughs)
0: probably probably the explanation
1: actually yeah but aren't all games rushed simplest answer uh, yeah, probably true. So, well, I wanted to point people to a resource. The GDC YouTube channel, Game Dev Conference, had a really good breakdown of the Spider-Man PS4 AI, where it actually shows you how, because Spider-Man has infinite rendering and you can see people, you can theoretically interact with any single pedestrian on the street. You can attack them, you can talk to them, whatever. And it's it's a really interesting choreography of, cho- choreography of how it's random AI and then the moment you interact with one of them, then they're sort of possessed by a different sort of ai and they they talk a lot about it and uh, Hmm. yeah it's 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 that sounds interesting pretty much as open source as game dev can get without actually sharing the code
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right so so you guys treated yourself to to some new uh
1: new presence i heard Sure. Who, who's first?
2: Sean, <laughs> uh, sure. you go play all the yeah. hints. You go, Sean. <laughs> uh,
1: my problem is like I don't, I don't have like a full report, and, and everyone else... You know. <laughs> so, I, okay, I'll, 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 the headline is I got a M1 MacBook Mini. Uh, sorry, a Mac Mini. And that's the first desktop that I've purchased ever. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because every prior PC that I've ever made, I actually assembled. I bought and assembled. And obviously, you can't do that with Apple right? Because hashtag money, but yeah, unless you go for the the Mac pro, right? But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so it's, it's a big round trip for me because when I was growing up, I used to treat like PCs as like this, where, where you get serious work done. And then somewhere along the lines, everyone just transitioned to laptops at work and it became a normal thing. And, and then I just kind of went with it, but this is the first time for me going back intentionally from laptops to desktop. And Really, the justification was that it was just half the price and and I wasn't really moving that much in COVID. So I think I think that's yeah. kind of it. There's there's more ports, but like I really did struggle with that decision because for twice the desktop price, you could get a battery and a keyboard and a screen. That's decent value right there. So right. Uh, it was it was a it was a real challenge to me as to like what I should get and what I was trying to invest for. But mainly I was just kind of curious about all the all the reports. I definitely felt my main personal laptop, my only personal laptop is from 2017. So it's starting to feel the the age a little bit. And, uh, and particularly one of my pain points is video editing because I do a lot of tutorials and like for work and then for egghead IO, and then sometimes for, for Svelte. And, uh, it, typically compression is like a one-to-one ratio. Like if you have, if you're sort of you're using ScreenFlow and you're compiling like a like a one-hour video. You you may need like about one hour, or maybe one and a half hours to compress that video. Yeah. So anything that can solve that pain point is good. And uh, and then obviously compiling code, if if that if that's any faster, then, then that's nice as well. And then I heard a lot of fringe benefits. So I think some people in the JavaScript community, like Devin Govit, but then also maybe I guess some more famous names like DHH. There's others that have actually jumped on the train who are failing to come to mind right now, but they're they're just saying, like, just navigating between windows. And I even feel that, that latency. So I think anecdotally, I feel like it is. So I've I've had it up and running for about four or five days. I feel like it's faster, but then I can't distinguish between that and just like the fact that it's a new computer with less software loaded on it. So that's my report. (laughs) Fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, it's, it's almost as portable
0: as a laptop anyway, right? (laughs)
1: Well, if you decide to,
0: <laughs> Right, right, but if you decide to like move, move across the globe to, back to, to the US, for example, you can always bring, it's easier to bring a Mac, Mac mini than a, uh, like a full desktop tower.
1: Sure. So, I mean, one of the reasons is that you should get an M1 laptop is that the, the power consumption is very low. But what's the point of getting, a, there's no point getting a, a low power consumption if you also end up making it a desktop where there's no battery, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is, oh, I mean, the other one, the other thing is that there's no need for a fan because apparently the cooling characteristics are, are very good. Uh, again, like I'm very out of my depth here. I don't know any, I don't know much about CPUs and all that. Like I, I just repeat what other people say and maybe you guys can fill me in on, on that detail, but I do have my fans spin up like right now on this, this work machine that I'm using, my fans are spinning up and on the M1, it's just quiet. Yeah. The silence so, yeah. is really nice.
2: I mean, so yeah so i think i did the same sort of thing as sean for similar reasons i think i would really want an apple m1 mostly because i don't like intel i never really have liked intel or the x86 architecture so for those who don't know intel chips amd chips run x86 complex instruction set computing which is a lot more instructions that directly translate to cp instructions whereas RISC, which is what arm uses is Reduced instruction set like computing, which is basically less instructions, more direct. It basically is two different architectures. What Intel do in the core series processors to speed things up is they actually translate RISC to CISC. So inside, a core processor is effectively a small ARM processor. Um, but obviously, that translation has an overhead, right? So there's a the cost involved there. So it's just not as fast. So being a Linux user, I can't get an M1. It doesn't, it doesn't work on there yet because it's very Apple proprietary. And it's unlikely it ever will not be that. I'm hoping that some of the manufacturers will sort of jump on the bandwagon and, and produce their own equivalent. Um, I'm sure they will after a while because there's no way that the X86 architecture can compete now. And also because like, you know, Arm is a British company. They, well, originally were, they are now a holdings company somewhere, but Risk and Arm were invented in Britain. And when I went to school, I grew up on Arm processors because it's really what we had in Britain at that time. Um, so there's a lot for me to like about Arm. And I don't have any other Intel machines apart from, my main machine because of the power of it, right? Because a lot of ARM processors are generally tablet or or phone processors, so I couldn't buy an Apple M1 even though I really really wanted to, because I I don't want to run a macOS, right? I want to run Linux. So right. I've purchased this ASUS machine, which is probably about the same sort of size. This runs a Ryzen chipset, which is AMD's new thing or newish thing, which purports to be a lot faster than Intel's uh, processors, even though it's on the same architecture, with with exception of the high end ones. It's a very nice, small, compact machine, which is, again, for Sean was mentioning, it's nice and compact, a bit like a laptop. It's portable, but also costs the same thing, right? I spend one and a half grand on a laptop to desirable for me. I'm buying this, and this cost me 350 quid, right? I had some memory, I had uh, a like hard, disk hard drive. To it. drive right? Yeah, and it's still like just over a third of the price of the laptop. And I'm not going anywhere. COVID, UK's completely locked down anyway. But I've worked at home for three years anyway, so I probably should have done this sooner because my laptop's 2015. So, yeah, I think a lot of the same sort of reasons. Um, it's a bit weird not going back to a laptop because when I grew up, I built a lot of PCs myself. From the age about 14. I was building PCs because it's great fun. I was playing games. So I was running Windows. When I switched to Linux, I just started looking at laptops because of portability, wandering around the house, taking them to work. At work, it was all Windows shop and I wanted to run Linux, so I took my own laptop to work. And I never thought I'd get a desktop again because I thought, this is so great. It's, just, it's almost equivalent performance in a little tiny package. It's, it's not as fast, but it's almost as good, right? So, yeah, it's another kind of weird twist for me too to have this, this desktop machine instead of a laptop. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. My, my disk is arriving later today and then I can plug that in and start setting it up. Oh, so I'll, I'll have to bring back reports another, another time on how good it is. Next time, but, uh, yeah. I got high hopes. <laughs>
1: okay. I think it'd be interesting to do a count of how many computers per person in your household you know, and then chart, chart that over time. So I have a work machine. I have a personal machine. I have my now my legacy laptop, which I just keep around because the resale value isn't there. I have an iPad and then two phones because I still keep my old iPhone around, again, because there's no resale value there. Uh, and my <laughs> Android. So that's like six machines, six computers t- for one person. And uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's massively increased from... I used to share like four people to one, one PC. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's really this like transition of personal computing.
0: The Holy grail is, is when you can do everything from your, from your phone, right? You don't even need a computer. You just have, have your phone. It has impracticalities. I
1: don't know if we're there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, we're definitely not there, but at some point, I'm sure something like that's gonna.
2: Well, Ubuntu tried to do that right with the with the crossover thing. So at one point, when right. you could have an Ubuntu phone, you could plug it into your laptop, into your into your monitor rather, and it would turn into a full desktop machine running off your phone. Unfortunately, they never succeeded. But that was a cool idea and something that I think even Apple haven't really sort of gone that far yet. It would be interesting yeah. to see. I mean, I think on on the subject of how many computers you've got, Sean, sure, I must have between 20 and 30 i've kind of forgotten what um you to you also, <laughs> like
1: raspberry Pis don't count no. like, like.
2: Oh, okay so then, then then make it 10 to 20 right okay <laughs> like it's still not lower it's, and it's just because i kind of a hobbyist and i have machines doing various things around the house and i like building them i like repairing them buying for eBay cheap right. and, and fixing them up i've got two or three behind me there just mid repair so there's like lots of lots of reasons to have lots of computers but in terms of usability, <laughs> I'm trying to limit to one because I don't like to go onto each machine and not have the files on the other machine. And the cloud's wonderful, but it's not quite
1: the same. You know, so. there's software <laughs> for that. For Yeah, I was thinking actually, so having a desktop and then having a, like a, if I ever do go for conferences and meetups again, having a, like a work laptop, it yeah. forces you to back things up onto the cloud. And I actually thought, I thought that does. was pretty good discipline because that means, again, like it's it's all this, you can't keep like proprietary state in your local machine and, and not commit it. <laughs> no,
2: you, you shouldn't. You never should. Right. But, but the yeah. fact is, even if it's, even if it's in the cloud, I've still got to get, check out all those projects and do the right links across projects and things like that. It's all right. the little bits of setup,
1: uh, but also like Dropbox for regular files and stuff like yeah. that. You know, anyway. Yeah.
2: No, so right. it's a good idea. It's a, it's a thought. The other thing is I have, um, I thought I should mention like now I'm non-portable in terms of going to a remote office and working because I've not got a laptop. Actually, what I what I tend to do in the past, anyway, is take my Chromebook with me, and then I can basically just RDP or whatever home onto my desktop machine at home. So I don't think it's going to change that much, really. Remote desktops getting better and better, and a Chromebook's perfect for for carrying around one because it's ARM based, right? It's got super low power requirements. So
1: just yeah. that, oh, uh, you know. For those interested in this topic, yeah, apparently you can do that with Xbox and PS4. But then also Stadia is kind of like this whole remote gaming concept. Mm. But then also, what I think is is also trending. Is this remote development like with GitHub codespaces and well yeah. it's actually Azure codespaces, but rebranded for GitHub. Um, but then also <laughs> I, I just learned about Mighty the Mighty browser. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's basically Chromium as a mainframe, mainframe. So you never you don't run Chrome locally, but you just kind of remote in to uh, this thing. <laughs> 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 apparently it's like way faster because like they do they do everything in parallel over there on, on like a much beefier machine and so hmm. so i think we might get to this point where we don't have laptops um, it's just like ipad and a keyboard or like a tablet and a keyboard yeah i know guillermo rauch from from Vercel actually is living sort of the ipad life right now where he's only ipad and keyboard so yeah uh, it, it's it's an interesting peek into the future like maybe just nothing's local
2: i mean it's, it's like, a
1: peek into the future and
2: the past at the same time right because they used to have these these dumb mainframes. terminals Yep. Yeah, like mainframes and dumb terminals, wise terminals at your desk where you're remoting into a mainframe machine. It's almost like that's the same thing but now that mainframe is the cloud. Yep. And, yep. The, and the local network <laughs> is is the is the internet. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's exactly. like we're going in circles and learning yeah. a couple of new it things is. every every time around. Yeah. Well, more <laughs> than a couple probably, but <laughs> Should yeah. we uh, get into to actual uh Svelte stuff maybe? Svelte sure. stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we're here for, right? <laughs> so I what this
2: podcast is about. Yeah. I think yeah. well I think you, I think people like
1: people like um, com- like the community aspect in the in the tech. We're all interested in new tech. That's why we're here. So. yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh
0: so Anthony, what well, what's what's new in SvelteKit?
2: So over Christmas I actually kind of felt kind of burnt out. So I actually didn't do a huge amount on Svelte. I didn't really look at a computer from about twenty second to the fourth because I just Nice. I just couldn't face yeah. it almost. Yeah. I did loads of DIY projects. But, but that's good. That's, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad about I, it. I yeah. don't think I do. I just, I kind of want more of that, right? I really want to build a house now. Like, I want to literally build a house from scratch after watching uh, a YouTube channel that I've sort of got <laughs> into. It's like, why am I in tech? <laughs> it's a really odd yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, that's, but, that's so, so random. I, I started watching this German guy who's building like a tiny, tiny house. He's, he's renovating oh, a like tiny house. Tiny yeah. House. yeah. It's, it's so fun to watch.
2: Yeah. It, sorry, it, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's great. I mean, a tiny house thing is another huge thing. Actually, I'm, I'm going to mention this. I was, it's going to be my pick, but I've got too many picks now. I've got this, this great hammer as well. So. <laughs> so, so for my pick, I was going to have uh, Perkins Brother Builder's YouTube channel because it's a bit of a sort of deviation from our usual YouTube watching, which is crime and murder and things like that. Perkins Brothers Builders are a a couple of brothers who've run a company called Perkins Brothers Builders oddly enough and they they're building houses in North Carolina and they've been um sort of videoing it because they've thought well we build houses all the time and it's really fun and interesting and not everyone gets to do it so why don't we film it and talk you through the process and the decisions we make whilst we're doing it and stuff and you can kind of watch the channel and watch some of their house builds and go away thinking I actually do this myself because they make it look so easy but they also tell you all the ins and outs and the decisions they make and stuff so it's kind of really inspired me. I actually really would like to, I'd do a free internship with them, go and move there for a bit, right? And just build houses for free with them. <laughs> and I could just be paid in experience. It's, it's pretty cool. I'd probably make a massive hash up. Right. But you'd have a lot of fun at the same time though. Is there
0: anything you've managed to,
2: well, to read about
0: it since you got so back? So
2: the one thing I want to say about Svelke actually is that we have this new contributor and he's not made himself public on the organization yet. So I don't know whether he does or doesn't want to be mentioned, but I'm, I'm not going to do it for now. But what I'll say is this person has really sort of jumped in and it's given us all these amazing features and, and bug fixes and sort of completing a bunch of the sort of outstanding tasks we need to get into the beta phase. So it's looking really good right now. It's looking really nice. And just it's really cool when you see someone who jumps in like that and sort of gets involved really quickly and up to speed quickly. felt has been one of those notorious projects where it's quite difficult to get up to speed because it is quite a complex thing that it does, like this this ASTs and compilation is is difficult. So it's really interesting to see someone jump in and sort of pick up the ball on that. So, you know, and of course Rich is Rich is launching projects with it right now. So he's also very eagerly sort of getting everything up to speed. So yeah, no promises again ETA, everything like that, but we are over the Christmas period we we took a, a few leaps and bounds in the right direction. So so it's looking good, yeah. yeah. And it's worth mentioning probably the language tools repository as well. They've had a major release, so they're on 2.00 now, I believe. I, don't, I can't say what's going gone into it. I don't know what's gone into it, but I know that it was quite a big chunk of work, so it's uh, well done to them to getting that, to, getting that yeah. to where it is. We should probably have Simon on again. We definitely ta- should have Simon to, on, yeah, to talk about, absolutely.
0: To talk about the new stuff, because this is not my strong...
2: No, and strong... as a non-TypeScript user, I don't really benefit from much of this stuff. I, I get this sort of VS Code highlighting and and help but i don't really benefit directly from it but yeah i mean that's that's probably one of our most busy repositories because it's just constant improvement from there the 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 people in language tools are just all over it it's brilliant
0: (laughs) yep yep doing great work and then uh, as usual things are are happening in separate as well right like some bug fixes and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's not, so, it's not a, abandoned yet.
2: <laughs> no, no. So I, th- I think we're going to cut a, no- a 0.29 release. Um, Ben's, Ben's sort of triaging things to go into that release. Now, that probably will be like the final release because um, it doesn't make sense to kind of start adding features to that at this point. It's better if we have the resource we have focused on on SvelteKit. So that 0.29 will be probably the final Sapper release. If there's anything urgent needs to go into there, probably now is the time mm-hmm. to speak. Actually, one more thing about SvelteKit I thought I'd mention, because it's now Skypack enabled, because it's based on Snowpack, because it's now Skypack enabled, you can do the fancy no NPM, just specify URLs to Skypack repositories, and it Ooh. will download the depths and build Ooh. them in, which is pretty interesting, pretty interesting stuff. So yeah, if you haven't so looked that, at Skypack, have a look at that, because that's pretty, pretty novel. Does so that means so that, Svelte
1: is Deno compatible yeah, it sounds like I, it. I
2: don't know, but it definitely moves in the right direction. It definitely is a step forward. I think because felt will be almost abstracted from Node itself, and it'll be more of a, a kit around potentially deploying to Node or Cloudflare Workers or whatever else you want to do. I don't see why Deno wouldn't be another platform for that, right? It just needs an adapter, like a compatibility layer. It doesn't tie you as much as Sapper did to Node anymore.
0: That's good. It sounds kind of like the. This is ESM modules, right?
2: The yeah, well, I thing? mean, yeah, well, actually, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, obviously, Rich is very all over ESM. So, quite possibly, right. it's very focused yeah. on that. But, um, <laughs> all right. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel yeah. like the, the ESM momentum is, re- is finally coming along. I think Node 14 being, Node 14 is where ESM is unflagged, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Because I've been following uh, Miles, so, Miles yeah. Warrens, who's, who's working really hard on it. I don't, know why it was, I don't know why it was so hard, but it, it was hard. Yeah and then and then uh, I saw Ascendresaurus is is, is uh, moving all his stuff to ESM only. Right. Meaning he he will he will break people who like uh, assume Node polyfills and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's really coming along probably 2021 is kind of the year of ESM and uh, <laughs> it's a yeah. pretty good bet to make. I, I didn't really think about that at the start like this time last year. Yeah. So, big change. Yeah. Yeah, we should we should probably do
0: some predictions for 2021 oh, for God. Svelte. <laughs> <laughs> later in the
2: show
1: or, or maybe next time <laughs> i guess i could also oh well, yeah i mean we so there was a new blog post i guess is that what you were going to talk about yeah yeah i was going to talk yeah. about like the community so showcases there so so just to update people uh, dan San- sandoval yep he's kind of like taken over as like the official svelte community newsletter maintainer there are other svelte newsletters that are run independently but this is kind of like the official one that I guess is published on the Svelte blog. So it's, it's official. And he put out a new version on January 1st. Yep. Lots of fun stuff in there. Yeah. What, is, um, what happened with Svelte component typed? I saw the PR. I, di- I didn't actually understand it. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Like, what well, PR we you.: it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's about? So, so it's like a minor release that replaces Svelte component with Svelte component typed. And it's something to do with the language tools, I guess. I don't know.
2: That might be Makes what's gone into 2.0.0, zero, zero, right? but I don't know. Again, I, yeah. I, I just don't use TypeScript, so I don't yeah. see all this if, kind of if stuff. If
0: you're doing the TypeScript. I, th- I think we should have uh, Simon on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll probably help. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then so, uh, yeah, it's a bunch of community stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's this, did you see the, the Listen Addict site? I thought that was pretty neat. No. It's, uh, it's like a site that notifies you when people have new <sighs> talks. So I could probably like subscribe to, to you, Sean, and then I'll I'll get pings whenever you post new. When uh, you're doing conference huh. talks and stuff.
1: I would I would Subscri- subscribe to that just to put it on my own site. Like here's my yeah latest <laughs> yeah. talks.
2: It's not a bad idea actually if it has a feed of some sort that'd be really cool. Yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. It's yeah. built in built in svelte, of course. So I know exactly how I would commercialize this because I've been thinking about this because <laughs> I used to work in equity research and uh, mm. finance and. You have to keep up on the latest news regarding your stock. And guess what? Like your CEO is on podcasts talking about pretty material things to do with their strategy. So it would be nice to get notifications about when, when they're on. Previously, I think the best way is to set like a Google alert, but that's pretty noisy. So a dedicated yeah. tool like this would be pretty, pretty helpful. And um, these guys can pay money. Yeah, yeah. wow.
0: Probably a good, good idea for, for whoever yeah. built it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I learned recently that IKEA are using Svelte, which is, which is surprising. Yeah,
0: on the international
2: site, like the yeah. IKEA.com, right? Yeah, it's weird because like all the all these national sites, or for me at least, all the non-British sites or equivalents of our sites use Svelte and and our native ones don't. So like the Catalan, for instance, in the UK is still right. using their legacy stuff, uh, and all the European ones or the ones I've looked at are all using Svelte.
0: It's interesting. Yeah, FELT is is blowing up though. recently, yeah. it feels like
1: at least
2: it it, it definitely is. <laughs>
1: It's all relative. I so I saw Adam Weather's post. It, we're we're still kind of number four ish in the overall rankings, uh, oh, which is right. fine. We yeah. don't have to be the biggest, um, and I kind of like that. So, yeah. well, I mean, uh, yeah.
2: So it, it is relative, but I, I would say that the amount of the amount of like inquiries and, and newcomers is rapidly increasing. I'm seeing a lot more questions, uh, yeah. a lot more people, a lot more chat. Yeah, so, uh, cool. so yeah, it's 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 definitely blowing up, as you say. That we we go through these kind of spikes now and then, and this sort of 2021 appears to be another one of those.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's definitely due to the contributions of, uh, well, everyone in the community and, yeah, uh, and, and maintainers. And I think Rich himself deciding to kick it up a notch with, with Kit. It just does show just some, some life. Yeah. I've, I've seen other projects that just kind of go stale because their maintainers don't really think about momentum and mm. uh, it doesn't matter because people want to see a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i think this this, yeah. this newsletter is actually a very good thing yeah for, yes and this podcast for, Yeah, true
2: well I and
0: so. also the upcoming uh the upcoming uh, conference right yeah do we have a date <laughs> not not yet no do we
2: have a month
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm thinking april sometime okay i think that that's how much time we're, we're gonna need
1: but yeah I mean, yeah, we could, we could start kicking off like the talk proposals and stuff like that. And I, think, I think we have a bunch of ideas of how to make things better for, yeah. for organizers and, and for speakers and for audience members. Part of that is like the, the activity, like the... <laughs> the I've, been, I've been actually thinking about this. Like it would be a nice, it a nice tradition to have, to have like a Svelte coding activity during the conference. Yes. That's hopefully not too distracting and not too hard, uh, but, but also fun. And I realized that clicker games are very in vogue. Like I fire up my um, Apple App Store, and I see a bunch of clicker games. And then, yeah, like I think they're pretty easy to code, and and people can get really creative with them. So we might we might want to do a clicker game.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we could could provide like a like a starter one, yeah, yeah and then you can improve on that, to, like yeah. add
1: transitions. Exactly. You, 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 you take do. it the way that you want. Like you can make the state yeah. management very complex or you can do animations or whatever. Yeah.
0: I was thinking about
1: having like
0: quiz between talks where you have like people can join and they can, can guess on That's good I like that. Yeah. I like that. Something like that. Or I, I think it was Jake and Sermo who did a, uh, like they did charades at some Google thing. Really? Wow. Yeah. 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 Like a month ago. It was just like a short one. That That's could fun. also be fun. So you can yeah. invite like community members to, to join in. Yeah. A lot of cool ideas. It's, it's going to be way better than,
1: than the <laughs> second one. <laughs> even even is, though that one very was good. nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And also, oh, oh, well, the other thing that I think we all agree on is that it should be shorter. So it's not such yes. a drag. People don't feel, so, yeah. feel so tired at the end of the day. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so the reason I brought that up was because I, I see a bunch of games here as well. Like there's a, there's a multiplayer Tetris game in the community showcase. There's a math-based challenge game. It actually reminds me of that the other game that uh, Rich Harris really liked, which is uh, like Tixie. Do you guys know about that? No. no. Where? What's that? Uh, it's like you have to you have to you're restricted to to these four four variables, T I X Y, like time, index, and then X and Y position. Oh yes. And then and you have to yes. code within 280 characters and produce something interesting. And it's like a, it's like a really interesting like code golfing challenge. And that's a that's a fun game too. <laughs> yeah, that so could be something to do.
2: That makes sense with the old little Matrix thing you posted uh, a while ago, tixieland
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, fun games. Huh. Yeah, there's a bunch of Octave Compass. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <It's pretty laughs> yeah cool. a lot of fun stuff and a l- some some new libraries and components as well, like the uh, someone did the uh, like their React query, but for Svelte.
1: Mm.
2: Svelte I query, I did see that.
0: Yeah. I think it's like a, I'm not entirely sure if it's the same thing, but looks cool. There's no, also no, no.
2: Adam Racks' is, um, Svelte, is it Svelte? No, what's it called? It's basically a Svelte version of his, of his React GraphQL module.
1: Ooh. MicrographQL? His, his React called, one sorry? is called micro, MicrographQL. MicroGraphQL. Uh, I don't know, so it might I, be I didn't that. see the Svelte one,
2: yeah. I think he rewrote it in Svelte.
1: Right, right, right. I mean, so, I, okay, I guess I might as well mention, so Matthias Stahl, his Twitter handle is like H-I-G-S-C-H with underscores between them. Higgs, he also, yeah. yeah, he also tweeted about a 20 line of code internationalization library in Svelte. And no. then he also made a talk about it. And because uh, I, I, I'm I, trying, I'm, I'm in this mode of like requesting for talks to to like keep the YouTube active and, you know, just like, just continue sharing content from from people like outside of a conference setting, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he he's he's just very passionate about it, and it and, and made this talk on uh, Svelte internationalization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's effectively a library. Exactly. I, I, so, that's <laughs> so much easier to pronounce. It's just like yeah. uh, if you don't know what it is, then it's it's a bit hard to find. But yeah. anyway, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so he's he's the the guy that did the uh, defending democracy mm-hmm. with Svelte thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that wasn't the title, but. That's
1: that's what yeah. the tagline ended up being. I just like yeah, the data viz people have really embraced Felt in a big way. Yeah. Moritz, I think, on, on the Data Stories podcast also interviewed Amelia Wattenberger. And yeah, I almost think that there should be like a, a single a day of the South yeah. Society conference dedicated to Dataviz because there's just such a big community there.
0: Yeah, I was I was a bit skeptical to that at first, but I think why position well because I, I didn't realize how popular Svelte is in the data viz like oh, really? community. Like, yeah, yeah. I, look I, at how I, under- Rich, I understood. Rich uses it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I know, I know. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but then then I kind of like I was thinking maybe you could position Svelte as like the data viz framework in a way to as a marketing thing.
1: I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm just talking I, I, about... Well, yeah. Well, there's D three so. I, don't know. I, I know, but yeah. <laughs> you, could,
0: you could do better.
2: <laughs> or could you? I don't know. I mean, D3 is very specialized, right? It's, it's very yeah. specialized. It's felt it's more of a general purpose. But I guess, I guess it kind of almost automatically positions itself for data viz because of the yeah. way that, that Rich has built it and when way using it. I think reactivity is also very good for, for that sort of stuff.
0: Yes. Right. right. Let's see here. There are a bu- bunch of other new components that you can take a look at, like a tiny virtual lists or some routers. Well, we've been missing routers. Yeah, more we routers every, every month. <laughs> in the router. uh, I, mean, I, I mean, that's I, it,
1: It's worth actually checking these out because
0: people are trying yeah. to solve real problems. Yeah. So. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're jokingly saying it like that, but it's it's. Well, nice I think that,
2: I routers. think that having Scott Talinsky on was, was, was great because uh, he mentioned Tinro, and I've kind of looked at that and never looked away now. I'm so focused on T yeah, it's, awesome. it's
1: just a really great reader. <laughs> he's got it he, yeah, he's very opinionated about, about routing, which, mm. is, which is which is pretty cool. I'm not, I, it's like as long as as long as I got a link, a way to link things and yeah, you know. Uh, although I wish that I guess query params were a formal part of the state that you get from routes. Because I end up having to build that so much. Um really? Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how Let's you like see. get like copy and paste the copy pasteable apps, which with like the state. Just embedded in the URL, right? Um, yeah, you know, just, you yeah. Have absolutely. to put it all in the query params. Okay, uh, one, one more, one more uh, library, and then I think we're done. Is uh, Svelte Zoomable? I think it's coming from Daniel Infeld. He's he's just like very active. I don't know who this guy is, to be honest, but uh, he's just very active online. Wow, he's based in Hawaii. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, <laughs> just like a uh, transition or animation sort of library type of thing. And uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's published and it's in a repo. And uh, I mean, the the demo looks pretty good. So. Yeah, it's just another yeah. way to zoom back and forth between content, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I did. I did see that of the channel actually. A good one.
0: Yeah, and there's a, a bunch of new learning resources as well. I haven't been able to check these out. There's someone made a uh, awesome Svelte list. I guess that's that's nice. But we also have the Svelte Society one.
2: Um, this, I mean, I think this must be the a more than years already right. So there's now probably three or four. Yeah, probably. It would be nice to have a have a single. Mind you, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, th-
0: I think the problem here is, is like keeping them up to date and uh, yeah. because people lose interest and, and they don't have time, all sorts of reasons, like, right?
2: Yeah, I guess that's the advantage to having one as part of a website rather than a, than a GitHub yeah. uh, repo because people can actually like vote the feedback on ones that maybe don't work anymore or, or libraries that have become abandoned or, or whatever. They can rate, review them, that sort of stuff.
1: That's my issue with awesomeness in general. No one ever files the PR to note that something is no longer awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, someone yeah. someone
2: did do that on, on the components inside Svelte actually. Inside the because we've got this Svelte integrations repository, which is kind of I'm maintaining it myself right, right. now and it's it's an unknown. Who knows what will happen to it or where it's where it's destined for. But uh but someone did do a PR, I think, to remove a load of stuff. I was like, that's pretty nice.
0: Yeah, nice. Cool. So I think there's one pretty interesting talk or learning thing here it's like a reactive web apps with crystal and svelte mm. so crystal is it's really cool language i suppose for backend development i've, I've been interested in taking a look at it but haven't What's been able it to based yet. on
1: so it's in, inspired it could... by ruby
2: right okay i mean it sort of makes uh, sense i suppose
1: yeah yeah what else is there i can give a couple of updates from the twitter side of things uh so yeah. there's new community organizers popping up all the time. I think there is like, I'm tracking something like 15 Svelte Societies worldwide. Wow. Which is, it is what it is because like, there's no, there's no meetings going on. So everyone's online. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, most for the most part, but I, I do, I do hope to start Svelte Society Singapore soon. Yeah. So Svelte Canada is looking for, for help with like the logo and everything. I think Mike Nichols, who has published some, some good stuff in the past, He's looking for help, so anyone in in Canada wants to get in touch, either get in touch with me or, or Mike Nichols and, and get get that going. Uh, Svelte Dublin has is basically up for adoption. Uh, the guy who was who was running it was like, I'm not I'm not doing a good job maintaining this, but I have a sweet URL, which is Svelte WL.in. So that's a very nice <laughs> Dublin. I, I imagine all the Dublin stuff is is just always on. Squatting on Indian <laughs> Indian domain names randomly. Um, yeah, right. But, <laughs> but yeah, stuff is going on. I think Swat India is, is kind of chugging along as well. They're they they're, they're uh, organizing a meetup and I'm helping them put stuff up on, on the YouTube as well. Yeah, and so I think my message is, I guess book book first in your area. Yeah. <laughs> um, particularly in, in different languages. I think Swat Brazil is, is quite active. I have no idea about Swat Russia, but yeah, that's, that's yeah what's we going don't on. we don't know about much from, from, from those guys.
2: Svelte Russia used should, to be actually huge, didn't it? We should have it's someone on. It's probably yeah.
1: still huge. We just don't know the people yep. involved. <sighs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> there's also,
0: uh, so there's a new, there's, uh, there was a guy who contacted me about starting like a Svelte Society Italy as well. Oh, yeah, that's, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That's I awesome. haven't gotten back to him yet, which I just realized that, yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think that's it for new stuff.
2: Um, i think there's probably... one more thing actually there's uh humble bundles books right um there's a new humble bundle out and one of the books in there is svelte 3 book oh um i feel like it's the book written by italy pale who mm-hmm. i believe works at microsoft i think
0: yep yeah he um, did the uh the router right svelte spa router yeah the,
2: the svelte spa yeah correct Sean, Sean's laughing. I don't know why. Maybe it's I, I just, like, I just like how <laughs>
1: we, yeah, we don't know their real names. We just know their handles on Discord. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is the internet, right? This is. The- <laughs> Sw-
2: well. Swix is laughing at me now.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But you know, yours, yours is just Anthony wherever you go. So it's yeah. it's, pretty, yeah. it's pretty consistent. Well, where I can get it, <laughs> where I can get. It. Um, yeah, no, cool. But I think uh, lots going on, and hopefully, as the year continues, we'll we'll uh, we'll liven up even more.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. So, picks? You picks. Guys have?
2: I do have another pick, yeah. So, I mean, I'm happy to go first. If Yeah, I go for it. So, my pick is, uh, now, I, this is one of those things, like, I say that I haven't purchased it, but I, I, I have purchased it in a way. So, we went, we went shopping and we were looking at these, these bone-conducting headphones because uh, my friend has them for cycling. Um, I've got the box here, but that's not really useful because no one can really see it. But effectively, a bone-conducting headphones or bone-conduction headphones, what they essentially do is they sit just to the front of your ear, just not in, in in the ear, and they vibrate the bones in your ear rather than using sound waves to do that. They, they, they vibrate them directly. So it means that you can actually have music on in reasonably good quality. I mean, it's pretty high quality from what I've listened to. It's a reasonable volume, you know, quite high volume even. And yet you can still hear and interact in conversations around you. and You're not shouting because you're wearing headphones and you're not missing things because you're wearing headphones. You can just... Almost communicate normally with music playing as well. It's almost like having speakers in the room. It's it's quite amazing, and, and they're perfect for things like swimming because there's no sort of there's no actual outputs, you know speaker output things. So they're totally waterproof. Um, they're Bluetooth capable, so you can you can have a Bluetooth to your phone while you're swimming, or they can be uh, they can have music on them. Uh, these particular ones are called aftershocks. So we've been trying out these aftershocks ones, and they're really good in terms of all those those features. Uh, it's, it's just something that's never really occurred to me, but I, I don't wear headphones that often when I'm out in the street because I like to be aware of my surroundings and this does solve that, which is quite amazing for me. So yeah, my pick, I guess, is is bone conducting headphones as, as a rule, but if you're going to have a look at these, have a look at the aftershocks because they're, uh, they're a pretty good example of, of them.
1: So my dad uses these and I always wonder, like, have we conclusively studied all the health impacts of vibrating your, your head bones? At, so you know, this high frequency all the time. Someone else mentioned
2: this as well, and
1: I think that my
2: response would be this would, would still be the same. Is, is that when you listen to music at whatever volume, music works by vibrating the three bones in your ear, right? The hammer and everything sure. else. So vibrating them via sound waves or directly surely is is not as much of a muchness, right? If the music's at the same volume, um, well, it's I vibrating your temple
1: how, depending on where you wear it. Uh,
2: well, yeah, I think you wear them just in front of your. Yeah, what's what's the bone there? I don't know. It it just transmits through the bones, doesn't it? Space? I don't know to be honest, but I would feel as a, as a sort of layman's guess that it's not any worse or better than listening to music via sound waves operating those same bones.
1: all right fair enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but again, I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not medical. Uh, I'm not medically trained or anything it's, like it's that. one of those things. Yeah.
1: Anyway, it's probably just yeah. an irrational fear. Should, should you go first, or should I? Yeah, I can I can go.
0: So. This uh, this Christmas I uh, I made uh, homemade Swedish meatballs, mm. which are amazing. What they Do don't really come from rec- IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what well, you say, made? I, get, uh, <laughs> I actually made them from scratch yeah, using a recipe. No, nice. but but if you haven't tried like homemade proper Swedish meatballs, you really should. It's it's really good. Okay, yeah. They're, so they're, have they're, you got that's a recipe? That's my pick. Yeah. recipe for Yes, me? I
1: I'll I'll share it in the in the notes. Definitely. Nice. Sweet. Well, that's a good pick. A uh, solid pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I was going to I am going to pick a friend because he helped me out recently. So, this is Andrew Welch. He's Gaijinity on Twitter. Gaijin like the Japanese name for foreigner, I, I I assume. His blog is at nystudio107.com and his podcast is at devmode.fm. I just generally find him to be a like pretty nice knowledgeable guy. Not not pretty like very nice. And a little bit, and he's funny. He just listen to any beginning introduction of devmode.fm. He asked you like a, a oddball question to just throw you off your balance. And uh, when the, the one time I was on, I was I was really taken off guard, and I like totally lost my, my train of thought. And he likes to do that to like kind of provoke. <laughs> so what his was guests. the what was the question? He was like, if you're like camping in the Himalayas with like llamas, and you're on your like last tin can of food which JavaScript framework would you use? Like, it's just like a completely unrelated setting. But yeah. it was, it, you're just still thinking about that situation because he's like very descriptive and very, like he just seems to come up with it on the spot. If you're like jumping out of an airplane with no parachute, which, what, what kind of CSS style do you like? I, I, I don't yeah. know. It's, just very, it's pretty funny. But the reason I'm picking him is because he's very knowledgeable. Like uh, his blog has articles on Tailwind, Webpack, AWS, Docker, And it's very, very annotated. Like if you ever wanted to understand what a webpack config looks like, he's actually gone through and annotated all of it and explained it really well. And it's very nicely laid out. And uh, yeah, I mean, this guy's been in the industry for decades and he's still doing this for fun, for, yeah. And it's just just like, he's the kind of developer I kind of want to be. He's not building houses then. No, he's not building houses. No, <laughs> oh, no, he's just he's just living his life, and and uh, he's got a podcast, got a bunch of friends talking about tech and making clients happy. I think I think it's it's a it's like a platonic idea of like what a developer life could be like. Yeah. And then and so like his blog posts are really helpful. But then also I had this problem recently because I, I I got a vertical monitor and it wasn't filling my screen wasn't filling up the monitor width and I tweeted it out within five minutes he actually gave me the exact right answer that I needed. So I was like, damn it. You even know like hardware stuff. Like, <laughs> 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 um, so, so a pretty helpful guy. I, I recommend him highly. Sounds awesome. good.
2: Sounds good. Question actually, has anyone made, and I, I'm going to say this because I don't, I don't necessarily believe in these New Year's resolutions. I don't, I don't think if you've got something to fix in your life, you should wait a year for some arbitrary date to do it. But um, no, probably it's not. one of those things <laughs> that people do. Right. So, so has anyone got any?
0: Yeah. I was thinking about like, Maybe doing one, but not okay. like a proper one. It's just like <laughs> one of those you do every year, like I'm going to exercise more this year or right something like that. That not
2: seems like nothing. a reasonable one to have.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think,
2: um, Sean?
1: Yeah, for me. So I, I also struggle with that idea of like, I think setting one year goals is an arbitrary length of time. And most yeah. of us, the way I put it is most of us haven't earned the right to set one year goals if we can't even set like a one month goal or... And then, and then like, just like keep cutting it down. So for me, I actually blogged about this at the start of the year and I called it Mm -hmm. like a Fibonacci goal system where you sort of follow Mm -hmm. the Fibonacci sequence, like set a one-day goal, make sure you reach that. Then set a two-day goal, three-day goal, five-day, what's what's next, eight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, The next Fibonacci one. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. apparently if you go up, if you go up to 80, yeah, if, if you go up to 89, so from one all the way to 89 it actually takes 232 days total, uh, which is oh. August 20th. And um, with, so anytime you miss a goal, cause you're going to miss them. And the problem with like an annual goal is like, basically you just kind of give up right there mm. yep. uh, yeah, but yeah. for, for my system. I think you, you kind of just step back one level. So if you, if you miss like the five day goal, then you go back to the three day goal, get a win. And once you have that win, you right. try the five day goal again. And just to basically build goal reaching as a muscle. And it kind of makes the case that most people don't have the ability to, to make one year goals because they don't know how to estimate yeah. goals uh, and they don't have the, the, the discipline to stick to it. So you kind of have to just build it up from scratch. So, yeah, I mean, that's it for me. The problem is like, what should you set the goal on? That's an open question. And I don't really have one. So writing is a base, baseline thing for me. So my, my January 1st one day goal was writing. January 3rd, I, I did practicing guitar for two days. And, uh, and then I took and I took a break because I felt sick. <sighs> today I have to decide my three-day goal. Uh, and, uh, right. and yeah, it just keeps going. I think I'm going to try this.
2: Yeah, I was really ready to dismiss the first, like you have to earn the right to make a year goal kind of thing because I thought, well, I'll do what I like. But actually now you've put it in that perspective that you work your way through the Fibonacci sequence. That's really interesting. I really, I really, really like that, actually. I might try and apply that. And that could yeah, be obviously, it's a, it's a
1: figurative figurative, right. It's, you know, it's just... Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Yeah, but yeah. it's, it's <laughs> one of
2: those things, it's like, it's like it, it's, it seems like... I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting that it immediately sounds like a negative. But actually, if you think about the reasons behind it, it's really positive, actually. I really like that. Interesting.
1: Yeah, We've we got to build our I way think, up. The, yeah. the, reason, the reason I started thinking about this, because I've been very steeped in this idea that systems are better than goals which is this idea that just setting goals by themselves also don't tell you how to com- accomplish them. Sure. And also once you reach them, you kind of lost. Whereas systems are kind of just ever running, ever going, and they, they kind of just tell you what to do every day. And, and so a lot of systems over goals, people are just like, let's just screw goals, like no, no goals. And I don't think that's right either. So I wanted a balance of goals and systems. So essentially mm-hmm. the, the conclusion was a system of goals. And this is what I came up with. Well, uh System of goals. This was, was this a blog post
0: you wrote? Yeah. Yeah. It's a six.io slash Fibonacci goals. Yep. Mm. We'll link it in the, the show notes. All right, cool. So that's, uh, that's us for, for this time.
1: Yeah. It's always fun catching up and, um, yeah. Happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year, everyone. Bye, Bye.
2: (laughs) Bye.